switching roles over here, switching roles. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Praise God. God is good, right? He touched me in uh, that song or that, one of the songs, and I was about to break down. I was like, please, I don't want to start crying right now, right before I go up. I don't want to look like a mess. But uh, yeah, man, God is good, and um, I just want to pray real quick. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for this night, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, for blessing us and protecting us, Lord, and bringing us all here safely, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that I may hide behind the cross, Lord, that uh, you may be the one taking over right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, just speak through me, Lord, and uh, touch everybody's heart here tonight, Lord, and their mind, Lord, that they may ponder on this word, Lord, and that they may accept this word, Lord. And that may uh, everybody, including myself, Lord, we may test and examine ourselves and truly see if uh, we are in the faith, Lord, if we have you, Lord. And if we do, let us rejoice, Lord, and let us move forward, and let us do good works because of the salvation that you have paid for on that cross, Lord, through your precious blood. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Is he in you? That's the title of my message. I don't know if you guys remember the Gatorade ad uh, many years ago. Is it in you? I'm talking about Gatorade. Well, this is a play on that. Is he in you? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I got two clickers up here. You guys playing games with me? Which one's this one, right? Okay. All right. So if you guys want to stand, we'll read uh, Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to read uh, verses 4 through 6. Now going into this, uh, (laughs) I had no idea this was a really debatable, challenging um, couple verses here. I did some research afterwards, um, other people's sermons on on this subject, and um, you know, I didn't want it to interfere with what I felt like the Spirit was leading me in these verses. And we tackled some of these things in our, uh, we have a Bible study Tuesdays. Men, we want to get up early. You want to plug into a nice little Bible chat? Derek's been on it. Pastor Sam's been on it. Raphael, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, it's through Zoom, so there's no excuse. You don't got to go nowhere. You could just get up in your pajamas, go to your computer, and tap the link, and you're on there. BG's on there, too couple of us here and uh, we're in the book of Hebrews right now so we went over chapter 6 we're still in it but we went over these verses last week all right I don't want you guys standing too long all right let's go for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come And who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again and and holding Him up to public shame. Alright? You guys may have a seat now. So the purpose of this message is a three-part. To challenge us, the church, to test and examine ourselves to see if we are truly believers and followers of Jesus Christ. To confirm, number two is to confirm the security of a true believer's salvation. And number three, to expose the enemy's lie that a true believer can lose his salvation and shed light on his reasoning for us to believe this lie. Now again, this is what I feel like the Spirit was leading me. Um, These are, I would say, possibly secondary issues. So not everybody's going to agree on these issues as I've seen uh, through uh, various different pastors and people's point of views, but that's all right. 
we're going to attempt to tackle it today. And um, hopefully by the end of my message, you at, le- at the very least get to see the point of view that I'm looking at from the scriptures. And we're going to use scripture to interpret scripture. And um, yeah, we'll go from there. So let's go back to the verse. You guys like what I did there with the he? All right, go on. <laughs> so for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. So one of the things that Pastor Frank likes to do uh, when he reads stuff in context, he likes to say, who they? Right? So who they? Who are we talking about here? Who is the author talking to? Is it believers, unbelievers, make-believers? Who are the people that are being addressed in this particular uh, section of, of Hebrews 6? So we're going to need a little help for this, okay? And I'm going to call upon a certain king. And he's very familiar. You guys see his face. Maybe you guys recognize him. And here's a portrait of that king. You guys know which king this is? Anybody? This king, is. his name is Context. This is a portrait of Context. Context is king. King Context. You guys got it? All right. You want me to run to the drum set? The doom And have to switch roles. Context is king. So we got to read things in context, right? All right. So I'm going to use a little excerpt from the MacArthur Study Bible. Um, in the beginning, before Hebrew starts in interpretive challenges, he writes this little uh, couple paragraphs here. A proper interpretation of this epistle requires the recognition that it addresses three distinct groups of Jews. Believers, unbelievers who were intellectually convinced of the gospel. And number three, unbelievers who were attracted by the gospel and the person of Christ, but who had reached no final conviction about him. Failure to acknowledge these groups leads to interpretations inconsistent with the rest of Scripture. Okay? Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture. So you have to look at this in hindsight of everything that it talks about this topic. I'm going to go at it again. I'm not going to read it again. We're going to go back to who they, okay? So we're going to break it down. Uh, we're going to break this verse, these couple verses down, and I'm going to highlight some things here. Once enlightened, experience, good things of heaven, shared in the Holy Spirit. I didn't go over taste the last one, but don't worry about it. We got this. All right, so... For those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced uh, the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at that. All right. Enlightened. So in the context, they heard the gospel. They heard the message of Jesus Christ, right? So, you know, relating this to us, on that day, one will not have an excuse if they heard the message, right? It's not just about hearing. They experienced. They saw evidence, right? They saw miracles, signs, wonders. Now, we're relating it to the Jews of this time right here. They saw it. They saw it through Jesus, and they saw it through the disciples. So they saw evidence of that message, right? And they shared in the Holy Spirit. They tasted the works of the Spirit through Jesus. 
And remember, Jesus empowered the disciples to do certain works, right? Uh, but were they all saved? Particularly one was not saved, right? We know who we're talking about. But they had not come to accept him. So there's a big difference between hearing, seeing, and actually accepting the Lord, right? A lot of professing, there's a lot of people that profess the Lord, but do they possess him? There's a big difference. So we're going to look at that. Who they? They are those that hear the truth, they see evidence of the truth, taste the goodness of the truth, and some even go as far to profess the truth, but never truly accepted the truth. This was true back then for the Jews mentioned in Hebrews, and it is still true today. Am I right? Aren't there people in your life right now that you're currently sharing the gospel to, that you've, man, you've shared it over and over and over again, you feel like you've given them every possible reason why they should come to accept the Lord. They've asked you for prayers. And the prayers have come true. And they come to you and they say, thank you. Your prayers to the Lord came true. So they got evidence through prayers, right? They, it's like, and, and still, for whatever reason, they still have not come to that place where the key word is surrender it all to Him. A lot of people surrender certain rooms in their heart. It's like an interior decorator. I've mentioned this before. You give, you give Christ the key to your heart and you say, okay, you could do whatever you want with my apartment, my heart, right? And He comes in. He's like, whatever I want, right? I could change whatever I want in here. Okay, I'm going to remove this piano. I'm going to replace this. And then he gets to certain rooms, and he's, he's going to go in, and you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 not that one. Leave that one for me. It can't be like that. You've got to fully surrender, right? All right, so let's read some verses, right? Mark 4, 3 through 8. Listen, this is the parable of the sower, right? A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant uh, wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Further on, Jesus explains this to his disciples. The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly. The message is crowded out by the worries of this life the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So you see those two words, right? Hear and accept. 
You could, you could profess, you could believe, you could proclaim Christ, you could hear, you could see, but do you accept, right? And we're going to get into what accept means, but let, let's just recap real quick. Enlightened, they heard the gospel, experienced, they saw miracles, signs and wonders, etc., shared in the Holy Spirit, they, t- they tasted the works of the Spirit through Jesus, but they, not had, come, they not, had not come to accept him. I'm going to read you a psalm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, we can taste and see. People share in the goodness of God, right? Blessings and things of that nature. Taste, see, but do you accept? And again, I reiterate, Mark 4.20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word. Have I truly accepted Jesus? So we're going to do a little test right now, okay? Do I know if I am truly saved? How can I be secure of my salvation? So let me ask you guys something before I proceed. And this is something that I asked my barbers. Um, aside from the Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing a lot of plugs here. Aside from the Tuesday, Thursday uh, Bible study that we have for all men that want to attend, uh, we have a, thank God today, all my barbers are believers. Okay, we've gone through 80 plus barbers in 14 years. And when I truly, truly surrendered to the Lord in 2011, I got wet in 2000. Okay, I got wet in 2000. I got baptized in 2000. But I truly surrendered in 2011. And it almost cost me my life. Okay, some of you guys know my testimony. Anxiety, panic attacks, sleep deprivation, suicidal thoughts. I was one foot in the church, the church I was going to at the time, and one foot in the world. And I saw leadership. I saw people in that church uh, a lot of scandals, a lot of things going on there. The pastor at the time, uh, they found out. It's not like he came and repented and, 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 you know, no. They found out, they discovered that he was sleeping with the co-pastor's wife. And it was an ongoing relationship. The church split. I stayed. Somebody else got appointed pastor. But then from that, from that point on, it was, like, it was like political parties. Okay. So you had this group that, because that church, like, they did elections every three, four years or whatever. I don't know. It was weird. But I was going through stuff in my personal life. And the rock, the foundation, see, I had a relationship with church, but not God. So the leaders and people that I was looking forward to, like, to, you know, try to get my issues handled, they're messing up, you know? And they're not repenting. Like, it's like, it's like, it's a whole mess. So, and a lot of the stuff that I was going through... Here's another thing. Do not identify with this thing. Please. We all come stuck with certain sins. Okay? And some sins are more shameful than others. Like a, a good friend of mine, I'm not going to mention his name, but, you know, he struggles with alcohol, right? And he's, he's overcome so much right now. But alcohol is one of those things that you could be like, hey, man, you know, I struggle with drinking a little bit, right? Okay, no problem, man. Let's talk about it. But then there's other things, and, 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 and man, God has given me the liberty, he's given me the privilege to have people come up to me and share some really tough things that they deal with, okay? Really difficult things that you can't just go up to anybody and share with it for fe- fear of judgment, for fear of getting punched in the mouth. You know, there's certain things that, man, it's, it, it'll really, you know, it'll really touch you in the wrong uh, way, but... You know, he, he, uh, God led him to me, and, and I didn't judge the brother. You know, I prayed for him, and, and um, I pray that he's still in the Lord. You know, but it's things that could lead you to suicide. Things that could lead you to depression, giving up, okay? 
Some people love certain lifestyles and they accept it and they want to go ahead and jump into it. Other people I know, man, they cry every night. They don't want these desires, right? And, and they call, it causes them to cut themselves. And they think that God is not going to accept them, right? Because they're struggling with things of this thing right here. But we, we fight against this thing, right? So where was I at? Spirit led me to that real quick. Hold on. I'm completely gone right now. Can everybody bring me back? Okay. That was one of the things, yeah. But uh, I forgot why I was getting into the flesh thing. Anyway, I'll continue. So how do I know that I'm truly saved? How can I be secure in my salvation? Okay, so let's go to the next one. No, no, it was in the Bible. It was in the bar. Uh, the yes, the test I was going to give you guys. Devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You're not confuse me. It was a Bible study with the barbers, and the test that I gave them is the test that I'm going to give you guys today. Maybe the enemy don't want you to take this test because it may reveal some true colors in you. Can you honestly? For those who, who love the Lord, right? You guys are following the Lord. Can you honestly pause right now? And I want you to just think about your old life. Think about the sin that you used to dabble in. The lifestyle, right? Whatever that may be. Can you honestly picture yourself leaving the Lord and going back into that? And really like embracing it and loving it? If the answer is no, that is a true indicator that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And there's been a transformation process going on. Now here's the thing. If you can have those visuals and go back into the... And don't stick on those highlight reels too, those low light reels too long. You know, because then it, the enemy wants, to, wants you to fall, right? But if you could, if you could picture that and you, you desire, you're like, man, I wish I could go back. We need to check ourselves. Okay? Holy Spirit may not be in there. You may be, eh, Jesus, Jesus, bumper sticker, praise the Lord, this and that. But if you truly have a taste like that, desire for the world still, check yourself, you know? That's what I wanted to say, you know? Sorry, sorry, devil, you ain't, you ain't got it. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will, when they will they perish? When they will perish? They will never perish. Who can snatch him out of, the, uh, out of uh, Jesus' hands? No one, right? You know, this guy named The Rock, right? The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Who's the real rock? Jesus Christ, right? So I'm going to do a little rock right now. This is totally on the fly. No one can snatch them away from me. And The Rock means no one can snatch them away from me. Praise the Lord. Because he purchased us. And it was a hefty price. With his blood, right? And the enemy knows he cannot have us. So what's his purpose? We're going to get into that. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will, when he will leave you? He will never leave you. He will never leave you, never forsake you, right? Says the Lord. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. Did the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes recognize Jesus the Messiah? No. Why? Because they weren't looking for him. They weren't looking for him. Man, they were making money. They had the power. They were oppressing the people. They weren't looking for Messiah. Messiah is bad for business. But you know him 
because he lives with you. Remember who he's talking to, his disciples. He lives with you, right? He lives inside of Jesus at this point. And now, and later, what will he be? He will be in you. The promise of the Holy Spirit to dwell inside this broken, wretched temple. What privilege and honor do we have? Okay, because none of us are sinless, right? We sin less through our sanctification process. That's the goal, right? It should be larger gaps between those thoughts or those actions. But we're not sinless. Yet he still dwells inside of us. That's amazing. Philippians 1.6 And I am certain that God, who began the work with... Who began the work? God began the work within you. Will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Hallelujah. That's awesome news. So... 2 Corinthians 13.5, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as believers. There should be evidence, there should be proof, there should be fruit. If you truly have made that confession of faith, we should see, the, we should see some stuff going on here, right, in your life. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience? This is the Amplified Version. That Jesus Christ is in you, unless, indeed, you fail the test and are rejected as a counterfeit. So this goes back to, be careful, we're talking Jesus, we have this and that. Maybe he's not in you. You got to check yourselves, right? We got to test ourselves. Why? Because faith without works is dead. And this is a very misinterpreted uh, uh, um, verse here that... The works-based gospel people like to use. But works is talking about fruit, evidence, and proof. So the profession without the evidence and the fruit being bared is dead. There's not a real faith at all. There has to be evidence of it, right? James 2.26. So I'm going to share with you guys two testimonies, quick ones, uh, of two of my co-workers. My little notes. All right. So, uh, let me see, where is it? Okay, so, um, I don't want to say his name, but, all right, Tone, whatever, he's, he's not ashamed of it. Tone is a um, cool story. I've been cutting hair for a long time. Um, I'm going to be 41 in November. I've been cutting hair since I was 14, 15. That's around 96, 97. And uh, my first boss was a guy named Tone, okay? Tone was not a believer back then, far from it. Selling drugs in the world, nice cars. He, he opened up the first barbershop in my town, Cliffside Park at the time. I was like 15, 16, cutting hair in my mom's house for like five bucks. But I had it going on, man. Back then, if you could cut hair, do fades and stuff like that, man, trust me, the word got around because nobody was doing those haircuts back then. It was only me and like one other barber at the time in high school. And he paid somebody for lessons. He was working at Tone's shop. But me, I learned just watching and just, you know, actually waiting long periods of time in the shop because they would just like not even acknowledge me while I'm there waiting for a haircut, which is something I grabbed onto when I opened up my business. I said I would never let people wait like that. But it was good for me to wait there. And my, my butt was burning, just like pissed, you know, that I'm not getting this haircut. And like, I'm a little kid and these guys are grown men. I'm like, man, I don't want to. But I started watching what they were doing. Now the gift came because... My mother has the talent of music. She plays the piano. That's why I probably play drums. Uh, drawing, I draw as well, graphic design. And she did hair too. She did some hair. So the machines and stuff like that were in the house. 
So after countless times of my mom trying to give me the fades and stuff like that, messing them up, one day I just grabbed the clippers myself and I started shaping myself up. It actually came out pretty good. So when I went out to play uh, in the street with the guys, you know, they were like, oh, we shaped you up. I'm like, I did it. And then that's how I started my little business. So going back to the shop opening up, he would go outside, he would give out flyers. Hey, man, come to the shop, come to the shop. And a lot of the people were saying, nah, man, I go to Tito, I go to Tito, I go to Tito. Tone came in the shop. He's like, man, who the heck is this guy, Tito? Man, does anybody know who this guy is? And the other barber, uh, the only one that knew me, he was like, yeah, I know who he is, whatever. Long story short, he got me, he, he asked me, he basically, I got recruited, all right? I got recruited to work at the shop. Um, that, we were, that shop was only open for like less than a year because they got found out there was stuff going on in there, so it got closed down. I never really saw Tone again for a long time. My wife just stepped out. Um, a few years back, we went down the shore, and I saw Tone. I saw Tone with his, uh, his wife, and I had bumped into him. I was like, oh, snap. I hadn't seen him in years. Hey, what's up, bro? This and that. And then we bumped into him at the Seafood Festival in uh, East Rutherford, right? That's where it was. Remember the Seafood Festival? Yeah, she's like. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm bumping to this guy again, you know? And then shortly after that, this guy was preparing something. Little did I know that Tone had come to the Lord. And when Tone saw me, the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to leave because he had a shop in Union City and he was like business partners with a Muslim and the music and everything. It was just like with his, his process with the Lord, this wasn't it no more. God needed a change in him, right? So when he saw me, God put it in his heart, you need to go work with Tito. I got a plan and I got a purpose for you guys. So he reached out to me. He told me this. And um, I'm not going to give the whole testimony about the shop being moved and all that. Man, listen, the Lord's hand is on my, on, my, on my life so much. But we work together now. He told me uh, last week in tears, he told me this. He knows that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of him because he had accepted the Lord. And he went into the world. And check this out. He actually was doing stuff, you know, drugs, selling drugs, everything, you know, satisfying the flesh. And the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, hey, bro, this ain't it no more. This ain't us no more. And broke him down. And he had to go back to the Lord. Similar to the prodigal son, right? So that conv the, the convictor, not the condemner, not the accuser, the convictor now dwelt inside of him and was not going to leave him there. Brought him back to the Lord. And now, man, he's serving the Lord and he's in the shop and, man, he's, he's one of the pillars. So he told me that testimony. So I have a couple notes here. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, nothing in this world will ever satisfy you again. Oh, I did have it. One of my co-workers shared, I should have just read it, shared in tears that he had accepted the Lord many years ago and went back to the world gratifying his flesh. Through, okay, the Holy Spirit drove him back. And, okay, cool. So that's that one. So sometimes the Lord will allow you. You know, that, that old phrase, you know, if you love something, let it go. If it truly was yours, it'll come back to you. Sometimes the Lord will be like, oh, you, you want to go out there? You want to go see what's out there for you? Go right ahead. Go see. You're going to go out there and you're going to come right back with your tail behind your, <laughs> behind, in between your legs because you're going to realize you could search far and wide in this world and you will never find a love like the Lord. You will never find Jesus, uh, 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 joy and peace. Jesus, joy and peace. 
That's where it got messed up. Joy, you will never find the joy that the Lord gives, the peace that the Lord gives, right? That surpasses all understanding. You got to go back, man. Like the prodigal son, man, what? This world is sucks, man. My father, the servants live better over there, man. I'm going back. And how was this father waiting for him? He was like this, waiting for him, man. He was like, he didn't even let him get, he tackled him. He didn't even get him, his little speech, he didn't even want to hear it, man. He put that, he put that Versace coat on him. He put that sonship ring on him. You know, we've been, we've been adopted to the family of God, man. That's a big deal. So, wrong clicker. 1 John 2, 18 and 19. Dear children, the last hour is here. Now, we're going to address another group of people. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming and already made many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. Pay attention. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. So question, did these church people truly accept Jesus? Well, what is the author saying here? They never really belonged with us, otherwise they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. So remember the little test I gave you guys to kind of just go back in the low light reel? Can't go back. You truly have them living here? Nuh-uh. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I, we have not prophesied your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I will declare to them, I knew you before, but then I, I just don't know you. No, he said, I never knew you. Never. Not that he knew you and that you departed. He never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, I'm repeating this one again because I'm going to get into something. Shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. What is the will of the Father? Anybody know? John 6.40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Let's break that down a little bit. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on that last day. The will of the Father is to accept His Son. Accept the gift that He gave us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Accept means to trust, believe, and follow. Not just as a Savior, but as your Lord too. That means in order to have Him as your Lord, that means you have to completely surrender. You can't have nothing pending there. Complete, utter surrender. If you truly have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will bear fruit. Evidence. Let's go back to the purpose. To challenge us, the church, to test and examine ourselves, if we are truly believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Hopefully, we've addressed that. 
that's something that you guys are going to have to examine on yourselves, uh, and obviously me as well, to confirm the security of a true believer's salvation. Hopefully I presented a pretty good case for that. Again, not everybody's on board with this. That's okay. To expose the enemy's lie that a true believer can lose his salvation and shed light on his reasoning for us to believe this lie. So now we're going to tackle this. So if indeed the enemy's lying about that, why the lie? What is the reasoning? Why does Satan want us to believe that we could lose our salvation? What is he trying to do? I'll give you another testimony. Give me one second. The enemy knows he can't rob you of salvation. However, if he can get you to believe that you can, it can cause some severe damage. Co-worker 2. Testimony 2. Another one of my co-workers struggles with the thought of losing his salvation. He struggles with a cigarette addiction. Many times he has asked me, if the rapture happens and I'm smoking a cigarette, will I be left behind? He grew up in a church that has programmed his thinking into his, this thinking into his mind. This seems like a heavy burden. Wouldn't you guys agree? To carry. Is the burden that Jesus asks us to carry heavy or is it light? That brings me to another verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is hard, no, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So does this seem like a hard yoke? I mean, does this seem like an easy yoke? Him thinking like, man, like I'm over here smoking a cigarette and I'm like looking for the rapture and I'm, I'm not going? Come on, man. So what's going on here? Let me give you something else. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Remember when death passed over those who accepted the word of the Lord to cover their doorposts with the blood of the Lamb? Did this mean that those inside were sinless? No, it just meant that they heard God, they believed God, and were doers of His will by accepting the blood of the Lamb, demonstrating faith with works, evidence of that faith. You guys know what story I'm talking about, right? The family inside the home, they weren't perfect. Ain't nobody like Jesus in there. But they believed and they were obedient to put, be covered by the blood of the Lamb. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb. I fall short every day. My wife is a witness. Pastor Frank has said it from up here. He's the holiest one up here because he's got the most holes in him. We all fall short of the glory of God. Anybody who want to point fingers, three pointing back at them. Okay? So let us tread lightly with this stuff. But let us not accept this lie of the enemy. So again... Have I truly accepted Jesus? This is an ongoing thing you guys got to really think about. And I'm coming to, I'm landing the plane. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. And live in your lives as believers. Examine yourselves or do you not recognize this about yourselves? By an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you. Unless indeed you fail the test and are rejected as counterfeit. So, key application, the way I started. Is he in you? If he is, rejoice. You are secure in your salvation, not by anything that you can do, 
accepting that salvation, accepting also means that accepting that salvation is given, not earned. That salvation is secure because of his finished work. We can do nothing to earn it, and we can do nothing to maintain it. So believe that truth and rejoice. Honestly, what that does to me, it actually motivates me more to, to, uh, to do things for the Lord. To you know, uh, There was something else I was going to mention. Oh, the, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot one thing. Man, I was so smooth too. I, he's in you. Boom, mic drop. No, and I have one more thing to you. Do you know what believing this lie can do? And I'll end with this. Do you know what believing this lie can do to a believer? It can create anxiety in him. It's like a poison. Uncertainty. Doubt. Fear. Worry. Who gives a spirit of doubt and fear? Not the Lord. It can lead to giving up. It can lead to suicidal thoughts. It can destroy this person's life. Will he lose his salvation? No, but it can prematurely rob him of his temporal life. Seriously, the enemy did not want me to get to this. This is important that you guys understand this. This is referring to my co-worker. It can rob him of his... Uh, it can prematurely rob him of his temporal life. It can rob his wife of a husband. It, his children of a father. It can rob his ministry, his purpose in which many souls could have been brought to Christ. So why the lie? Satan is not playing checkers. He's playing chess. He ain't concerned about you. If you truly saved, he's not worried about you no more. He can't get you. He's concerned about what can happen through you, through the power of the one who lives in you. That's why he wants you to believe the lie. He wants to oppress you. He wants to neutralize you. He wants to stunt your growth. Make you ineffective for the kingdom of God. That's why he prepares the temptations for you based on the lust of your flesh. That's why he works so hard to create confusion in you. If you're saved, there's nothing he could do about it. But, man, Mickey could have so many souls saved at his job or in his family or whatever. Unless the enemy could get you to believe a certain lie. And then it's like, you just, you just shut down, right? Now he stopped the work that goes through you. Please understand this, guys. Rebuke this devil, man. Don't believe his lies. There's so many souls that can come to Christ through you. That's a privilege and honor that he who is in me is greater than he who lives in the world. We're secure, man, because of what he did. It's over. It's over. We're victorious in Christ. Can we lose in Christ? No, we cannot lose in Christ. So please, accept this word tonight. Pray on it. And check yourselves, check ourselves, all of us. I'm here with you. I'm sitting right here in the pews with you guys, man. We need to check and examine ourselves. Are we really in the faith? And if we are, let's get to work, man. Let's not let this enemy come and start his poison in our mindset about uh, things like salvation, okay? We're saved by his finished work. Amen? Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for not allowing the enemy to... Uh, have me miss some stuff here, Lord. It all came out, Lord, and because of you, Lord. And it needed to be heard here and on YouTube and whoever listens to this message, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that those that heard this message, those that believe this message, tasted and seen prayers answered, the goodness of who you are, Lord, may come to that place tonight to finally accept you as Lord and Savior. To come to that place of complete surrender 
And then, and only then, shall they be born again and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is the promise, the promise ring that we are awaiting your return and you will always be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. My alarm just said bedtime.